0: morning everyone, that video sets us up for our sermon this morning, that is a a little brief short portion from Acts chapter 10 in the Bible, Uh, Acts chapter 10 tells the story of Peter uh, being on a rooftop uh, listening and it says in the scripture that he was in a trance, that he was uh, not aware of his surrounding and a vision happened for him. The name of this sermon today is Rejavu, and in talking about that word, uh, how many's ever heard the word vu before? Uh, Albie, she went to church this morning, so she's got a right to say so. Uh, this word, uh, we was looking uh, back in November and I brought my brother Howie to the house, and uh, some of the teenage boys came over to the house, and we had a meeting and talked about some stuff. And was looking for a word for the year and, and coining a word for Bethesda. And uh, we talked about different things about how that God is going to lead us in a direction this year. And my brother coined this term, deja vu. So I went immediately went to the Google and tried to find vu It's been written one other time, it was in a book, uh, several years ago. A guy wrote it in a book. But how many's heard of deja vu? Now a lot of people's heard of deja vu. Deja vu is coming to a place that you feel like you've been there before, and it's got like an eerie sense to it that's like, man, just like I should know this, and this seems familiar or something, reja vu is the exact opposite of that. It's, I feel like I'll be here again. So reja vu is the opposite of deja vu. Everybody say reja vu. Uh, the cool part about this word is we, uh, my brother, coined this term this year, and it's pretty amazing that Bethesda gets its own word for the year, how awesome is that, amen, to come to a church where we make up our own words, that's pretty awesome, reja vu, and then uh, last night I was sitting at the house and uh, uh, just sitting there and thinking, you know, there's these bigger churches you go to and they'll, they'll have um, uh, their musicians and their worship team will, will create, they're creative and they create and write songs and i asked leslie i said won't you write us a song for the word vu? so the last song we sang a while ago was written by leslie last night in about three hours time she sat there in the bedroom and wrote that song so how cool is that you're coming to the church we got our own word we make our own word and leslie made our own song so it's bethesda's first song i think we've ever had here at bethesda and uh, she wrote that song for us. It's going to be our, our anthem song for the year. So vu is our word for the year. It feels like I'm going to be here again. That's what I want our church to be like for every visitor, for every guest that comes into our church. I want them to where the one line in the song says it feels like home to me. I want this place to be a place where that everybody, when they come in, and maybe they're a first time guest, that they'll come in, walk through the doors, they'll sit down, we'll greet them, we'll be s- smiling and happy at an upbeat church, amen, and we'll say, this is a good place. And as we do that, it'll make it a welp- welcoming place, and most of all, the most important thing is that they feel God here. So it's good that we can interact with them, it's good that we got our greeter team, thanks uh, Cindy, Sister Cindy's been helping us with the greeters And she's always there at the door and welcoming everybody that comes in She's real happy, upbeat, outgoing And that's all good stuff, right? I love that stuff I'm, I'm thankful for a church where that we can come into And it's not make-believe either It's not that she's fake and having to force herself to be positive She's just that way by nature And I love Sister Cindy Everybody say I love you, Cindy Amen, Amen. Thanks for serving Thanks for serving your fellow church members It's awesome but most importantly, we got to pray that the presence and the power of God is here in our services. Amen. To touch our hearts, to touch our minds, and to touch who we are. Rajja vu, I want to be there again, don't you? Where that God's presence is available and tangible, and I can sense it and I know that He is with me, that He's guiding me. There's uh, several parts to this that I want to look at today But we're going to get out of here We won't be forever uh, This morning I went too long and uh, But we're going to just go through them here So praying for direction How many would like for direction in 2018? A year of direction Amen Pray for God's direction The book club is awesome You should go to that If you don't know how to hear the voice of God Or if you've got questions about the how to hear the voice of God uh, Brother Mark Batterson, the pastor in Washington, D.C. Does an awesome job of that book I've already started in it It's amazing. I'm telling you, that book is amazing about things I've never thought of. Things that I've just absolutely never uh, thought of before. He gives very clear things about that. But I've got some verses here that we've had written down in our church office down at Vanceburg for a long time. Sister Amy, I think, maybe printed these off and put them up on the wall down there in the church office. If we're going to meditate and pray through powerful verses to help build your faith and hear God's voice of direction, there are several verses here I want to read you. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you the path to take. Uh, Proverbs 16, 9 says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Jeremiah 10, 23 says, I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. We are not able to plan our own course. Psalms 139, 24 says, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalms 5, verse 8, Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain to me to follow. Proverbs four eleven: I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. In Psalms 23, the most familiar to most of us in this room today, and probably heard it at many different places, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall have all that I need Or I shall not want is what it says in King James But New Living says, I shall have all that I need How many would like to have a year of that? Where that God's direction, that he's guiding you That he's leading you along this path of righteousness And it's for his name's sake He will bring glory to himself Because that is where all glory is due Amen so today, as we think about vu, I feel like I'll be here again. I looked up, and, and I began to think about the number 18, and a lot of times I try to see what's symbolic with uh, numbers and how they uh, relate to where we're at uh, here today. So the number 18, in essence, is a charitable, worldly, and sophisticated. It's a humanitarian both being self-sufficient and self-sacrificing for the progress toward the fulfillment of its vision. The welfare of humanity is the highest priority of the number 18. It is no inclination to judge the value of others' existence, lifestyles, gender, heritage, beliefs, or political persuasions. That's 18. Effectively bringing about humanity's welfare as its top focus. How many would like to see a year where the humanity is at its forefront? Where the human beings and their lives are sacred? That God would hold us accountable for the actions we take and the things we say and the uh, the things we do on a daily basis and how they affect other people. How many was like uh, I was reading the prayer of Jabez as I've been going around these other churches and you probably see my videos on Facebook and I'm not doing that to be self-serving. I'm trying to promote other churches because I really truly believe that we are to promote our fellow man. Amen. And there's enough churches in Lewis County and when Sister Gartha. Uh, first started Bethesda, she went through and done a count and she counted up the seats in all the churches in Lewis County. And when she counted all those seats and then she looked at the number of people in Lewis County, there's not near enough seats in churches as there is people in Lewis County. That was her heartbeat to say, uh, is there any reason to put another church here? And yes, there is a reason for another church. There could be more churches uh, birthed even again today. So we should look for that and thank God for that. And I was beginning to think about, you know, as Bethesda, we've got uh, 96 seats in this sanctuary and there's 96 seats at uh, Vanceburg. So somewhere about 200 people, there are 192 people we can fit on a morning, Sunday morning service. So how many would like to see that happen? Amen. Yeah. That every seat would be filled, that people would be sense the presence of God, they would be gre- greeted uh, warmly and as they come in. But at their humanity, at their level of humanity, would be at the highest priority. So in 2018, it's where humanity's is, welfare is the top focus, the top priority. I, I hope and pray that we could become uh, rational in our reasoning, amen, or that we could uh, let down our differences and say with God that we can join together where the world tries to separate us, amen, that God can break down barriers. I really believe that He is poss- it's possible for him to tear down strongholds, even age-old and centuries-old, uh, Strongholds in her life, but as I go around making those videos It's pretty awesome because as I'm going and then I seen uh, Pastor Dusty done it yesterday That's pretty awesome Uh, If anybody else wants to do that, please do so Because there's 73 churches just in Lewis County For those of you who live in Greenup County and other surrounding counties Or maybe you drive to Maysville to work or something You see a church and you've been seeing it all the time All I do is I stop in, I say a quick prayer for that church Pray for the congregation, pray for the pastor, the leadership That it would grow amen, that people would come, and then I stand there, and I put my video on, and I say a few words about what I know about the pastor or the congregation, and invite people to come, tell their church service times. It's that simple. Everybody in this room could do it. There's no reason at all that you, I know you make a lot of videos, and maybe if you don't know how to run a, a, a phone or a video, get you a grandkid. Take them with you or your kid. They'll be able to. It won't be a problem. Uh, Dusty took Debo just to keep him straight, so Debo kept that all good. Good job yesterday, Debo. He was promoting clarksburg christian church a great church down there pastor lyle is the pastor but uh, in saying that when i've been going to these churches i've been going back and reading the the prayer of jabez and several years ago there was a book come out called the prayer of jabez that they went through and studied it's in the old testament in chronicles and it, it it's this very simple one little verse so it goes through and it'll tell people's genealogy just kind of like a boring bland kind of thing and then all of a sudden it comes across this verse it's prayer, the prayer of Jabez Jabez prays He says Oh Lord that you would bless me indeed That you would enlarge my borders And that you would uh, help me to not inflict harm upon others And I, I, as I've been reading that verse I've been thinking about how much harm do I cause others Mostly because of my opinions I must be the only one Man, everybody else in here is saints. I didn't know I was in a room of saints, Mike. That's kind of surprising. It's a, it's a very holy place in here today. Uh, has anybody else ever thought that your actions or your opinions cause others harm? Amen? I'm, I'm ready for a year where that I don't do that, that I don't have to be right, that I don't have to, my opinion doesn't have to be the one that counts, or, or it's, it's not all about what I think. It's about what God, God thinks. So vu a word I feel like I'll be here again, is a year of word that I feel like that this this service today is going to be a a standard bearer for how we conduct ourselves this year. So this Acts chapter 10, I'm going a long ways here, we've, we've come a long ways around a circle, but Acts chapter 10, Peter is there on this rooftop, and it says that as he's up there, he goes up to pray, and amen. if you want to start your year off right, the best thing you can do is learn to pray. Amen. And you don't even have to learn to pray because it's not that hard. All you got to do is say, Oh Lord, hear me, and He hears you. Amen. The Bible says that if you, in the Old Testament, King David would say, Incline your ear to me, oh God. Hear my prayers. All you got to do is talk to God like you're talking to somebody else. In short, sure, you're going to be driving down the road and you may be praying in your car. You don't have to pray with your eyes shut. So if you're driving, please don't pray with your eyes shut. You can keep them open. It's not, it's not hard. You can pray with your eyes open. It's okay. So as you're praying, you're going down the road, and you'll be down, you know, I do this all the time. You'll look over, and somebody will be looking at you like, what's up, homie? I got, I'm just praying to God, you know. It's no big deal. So people look at you like crazy, because prayer, uh, and it seems weird or odd at first when you first become a Christian or when you first start attending church, and you think you hear other people pray, and you hear Debo stand up and bless the offering, and you think, man, I wish I could do that someday. All you got to do is do it. It's really simple, really. Bless the offering, God. Bless those that gave, those who couldn't. In Jesus' name, amen. That's what Debo said this morning. It was an awesome prayer, and God heard it. Amen? I believe in prayer. Do you? And, and in church, I believe that prayer changes things, that prayer, prayer can affect people's lives, not only our own, but those that we're around. So as he's in this trance, this is a, 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 a trance, you know, a, a place of just a, 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 kind of like you're stunned. So this place of trance that Peter's in, it kind of weirded me out. It's like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to be in a trance. Anybody? Everybody in here this morning, you're sitting there looking like you're in a trance right now. I don't know. Maybe you need to wake up, just shake a little bit, move. Let's get up and do jumping jacks or something. Amen. That what seems like we're in a trance. And and, and there's this drugs that they give kids and stuff now, this Ritalin and different things and different kinds of drugs. And it puts them in a trance like state. It's an active little kid, and they'll give them this medicine. Then all of a sudden, they just mellow out, and it's just like everything's cool, you know. It's a trance-like state So Peter's up on this roof And he goes into this trance-like state Where that he's he just kind of not totally aware of his surroundings And then this vision happens Sometimes we need to slow down in our prayer to listen That's what this book Whispers about It's awesome Whenever we slow down to listen God will speak so the year of 2018, if it's a, a year of vu for us, and it's this Acts 10 type experience for us, I want us to be remain in this state of where we're constantly listening for the voice of God to speak into our lives. Amen? That he give us clear direction. So as I was thinking about this, Peter was there, and he's on this roof, and he goes into this trance. He's trying to pray, and he kind of just zones out, you know. I've done that at prayer meeting before, Ernie. I don't know about you. I went one time to a prayer meeting, and they had an all-night prayer meeting at Raceland Church. I went up there and I was like, I'm going to go all night. And, you know, I get up there and I pray and go to the altar and pray and go back here to pray and pray over stuff in the church and get the oil. And I was walking around praying on seats and praying over the Sunday school rooms. And next thing you know, I was out of stuff to do. So I go up front and I lay down. I I was sitting there and I'm like, I'm going to pray. And next thing you know, I woke up and I had a big spit bubble. The drool fell out of my mouth on the church pew. Amen. Amen. That's where I was. That's the state I was in. I couldn't help it. So I woke up. I couldn't even make it all night. So I was thinking about this trance-like state, and it's not only me. There's a lot of people in Scripture. One time Jesus, he was about to die. He was two hours away from his death, and he comes, kind of, or a few hours away from his death. It was the next day, and he comes over to his 12 best buddies. Like, man, we're best friends. I'm with you, homie, till the end. You know, these people, it's going to stick with you no matter what. You know, them kind of friends, don't you? One, you know, I'll be with you. And you turn around. You look. Where'd you go? <laughs> I thought you were going to be with me. So Jesus goes and he's in this garden of Gethsemane and he's there in great sweat. uh, Actually, the blood vessels in his uh, forehead bust and rupture and he's sweating blood. He's fretting so much about dying for our sin. And he goes and tells his disciples, Man, just stay up with me. Pray for a little bit. He comes back down to them and he finds them and he says, What are you guys doing? They're sleeping. How often would God come to us and see our spiritual life, not even our prayer life, but our spiritual life, that we're in a trance, that we're asleep? Amen? So Jesus wakes them up and he goes back up to the hill to pray again. He comes back down. Guess what they're doing? Back to sleep again. Because that's how Christians are. Because when the Christianity is new, when you first get saved, when you first become a Christian, it's like a point that you got all this enthusiasm, this adrenaline's pumping, and it's all new and fresh. Amen. But there becomes a point where that you read your Bible, and you've read it through two or three times, and you've prayed all the prayers you know to pray, and you've witnessed all you know how to witness, and there becomes this place where it's a trance-like state. Is there anybody in this room who can say amen? Yeah. It's absolutely the truth. But Peter, in this trance-like state, God gives him a vision. God gives him direction. Everybody say, "Rejavu." Rejavu. Amen. I feel like I want to be here again. Amen. Even in my lack, even when I can't stay awake, even when I can't pray hard enough, even when I don't witness hard enough, that God still shows up and gives me a fresh vision. Amen. It's not dependent on you. It's who he is. Amen Because a lot of times We try to get through Our Christian life On what I'm capable of But that's not what God wants He wants you just available Amen It's not your capabilities It's your availability Amen That your availability is looked for So Peter's up there On the roof He's praying In this transatlantic state God shows up Gives him his vision And Peter gets his vision it's like Oh man And there's a sheet Coming down And all these unclean animals So I imagine In my mind Knowing what Jewish custom was There's no pig in it They won't eat pig you know, they got got the hoofs are messed up. What if you had to pick your foot or your food on what kind of hoofs an animal had? That's what Jewish custom is. So They can't eat pigs. They can't eat shrimp. Can't eat catfish. How many likes catfish? Hey, man, going up to, I've got to quit talking about food. I'm on this fast deal here. This is messed up. Man, to go up there on the, uh, the Green Bowl Lake State Park for the big fish deal and eat all that shrimp and catfish and all that stuff. It's so good. But it's not about that. Peter couldn't see it. He was like, I'm not supposed to eat that. I've never been allowed to eat that. I've been taught from my childhood I can't be like that. And how many of us in this room have been reared in religion? Come on, somebody. Have been reared in religion that put bindings on us to say what you're not allowed to do rather than what God can do. Most churches teach what you cannot do versus what God can do. I would rather be a congregation here at Bethesda that is a can-do kind of place, amen, that God has got the possibility to do great and exceeding great things in your life, that he can transform you from the inside out, that there's a freshness, a newness that's always here. It's deja vu, amen, that every day I wake up that I can get a picture, a vision of what God has got for my life and see a vision like Peter saw here. So Peter had to come to this conclusion, And am I going to stay in the place that I've always always been with the bindings that I've always had that I'm bound by or I'm going to step out on this new place and do what God says to do and Peter was smart enough by then he's already let down Jesus once or twice and he, he even cussed Jesus said he didn't even know him just a few short weeks before this and here you go Peter's on this rooftop and he's there praying and God shows him his picture and, and Peter's like, no I don't want to eat God and God all of a sudden says but Peter what you're calling unclean I have called clean how many of us have called certain groups or sects in our society or certain types of people or certain ethnic groups uh, uh, different people that, that God can't save them? They're beyond saving, amen? We, we, we say it oftentimes, you know, that, that those type of people, they can't be saved. In our culture that we live in today, especially here in our region of the world that we live in, I think the biggest part that I see is, is the drug addiction. Amen The p- pain kills, The prescription drugs And those things That, that, uh, that the doctors are prescribing And all and, and these people reading this book Dreamland That the author read A few years ago Dreamland is the name of the book My dad's even reading it It's about the drug epidemic Where it all came from And what it does And in that book It, dis- it describes how That your brain has receptors in it that, that there's these little Transponders and receptors In your brain That gets these little Firing electric codes That goes across And that's how your brain works and they've got all this rationale reasoning according to doctors and all this philosophy that they have about that your brain can't react the same way anymore after you burn it out with drugs. They used to call them burnouts. You might know what I'm talking about back in the 60s. They call them a burnout because they smoked too much weed all the time. They call them a burnout. It's because their brain would no longer function the way it was designed to do. So the thing is, a lot of people say those people are past saving. They're past, they're past the effort to even try to clean them up. How sad is that That the church world sometimes even gets into that To say you can't come in here if you're a drug addict You're not allowed in here If you walk in and and you're a heroin addict And you've got all these issues and things going on We can't let you sit in a pew beside us I'm afraid I'll catch something How sad is that just a few short years ago at Bethesda, we were sitting in a service one night and somebody walked in and they smelled too much like cigarettes. And one of the big board members was sitting on the front row and the person sat right behind them. The board member got up and walked out and said, I can't go to a church where people smell like smoke. Heaven help us. Get the picture that God says what I call clean can be cleaned. Amen. I believe in a God that can heal brain receptors. Don't you? I believe people can be strung out on dope and unable to do it or function in society. And with God, all things are possible. Amen. I believe in a God in heaven who invented the brain, who created the brain. And if he created it, he can sure put it back together again. Amen. It's not like Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall and he'll never be put back together again. God has got the plan for their life. How many trust God that he's able to do those things? How many know somebody that's addicted to drugs in our society, in our culture, right around in our region, right here where we're at, and we'll pray this year, let 2018 be a year where that the welfare of others is at our focus, that we say, with God, this is possible to fix these issues. I'm praying that way. I'm seeking God for this kind of vision that Peter got on that roof to what some people call unclean or even what I've been taught to say is unclean that with God it's possible church that with God we can do it with God and his power and his glory that things can change I'm seeking that in my life and I'm seeking that for our church and I'm seeking that as a congregation that we would come together and believe God feels like home to me question I have to answer, ask here is and I have wrote this down in my sermon is how tired are you? How tired are you? Look at your name and say how tired are you? <laughs> Aaron's pretty tired. She worked at midnight last night. Everybody puts teenagers down won't work anymore. Right here's a young lady. She worked at 12 o'clock last night. Here she's sitting on the front row. Amen. 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 Give her a hand. See we got all these sterile type things That we say in our general conversation All the time Let's put it to rest Amen Let's let God do great things In our congregation And in our society Why don't we give up How tired are you Amen. I'm pretty tired There's days that I get tired And my drive's home Sometimes when I'm driving home And God's spirit begins to talk to me And tell me what church to go to Sometimes I'm tired Ernie I don't want to go up that holler, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know why? Because with God giving me the ability and the strength to even function anyway, why not do his work? If I'm going to give 10 hours to my work every day, why not give him five minutes? Amen. If I'm going to give 10 hours to everything else in life, if I'm going to be on Facebook two hours, if I'm going to Instagram three hours, why not give God five minutes? Amen. And why is it that we as a society and a church... We get so tired So tired I am so tired But the thing is I want to know Are you tired enough to pray Are you tired enough to pray Until something changes Or something happens I'm tired of the way We're living My body is physically tired But in reality I'm tired of the way I've been living. Amen. Amen. God don't get enough for me. I don't know about you. Maybe you guys are the holy rollers and all you do is sit around and pray ten hours every morning before you go to work. I I don't know. I'm tired enough to pray until something changes. And the only way something changes is if we change like Peter changed. Because Peter, when he got this vision, he said, no, God. And then God told him again. And then Jesus, in the video, it shows that Jesus stand standing there and prodding him along. Peter, go answer the door. Yeah. You know what it would be like to answer the door for the Roman army for a Jewish person? It would be like ISIS. Daddy, whatever his name is over there, the leader of ISIS in Syria. What if he come up and knocked on your door, Ernie? You yeah. Daddy outside, open your door. Would you? I don't know I would. I don't know if I have the faith to. But Peter, because Jesus is prodding him, and he's got this fresh vision that I'm going to do it even though I think it's unclean, even though I think it's wrong, even though in my life I've seen it this way, I'm going to do it anyway. And Peter opens the door. But the thing is, by opening that door, allowed him the ability to go to Cornelius' house. Cornelius gets saved, and it says his entire household gets saved. How many would like to see household salvation? Amen. Amen. Your entire family come to know Jesus. Amen. I would like to see household salvation come back again. Why? Because one person believed, and they acted on what they believed because God called them. See, a lot of times when we talk about destiny, when we talk about planning, we usually think about long-term strategies and what am I going to be doing five years from now? What am I going to be doing uh, ten years from now? What, what am I going to do when I retire? What am I going to do when, when, when? How far out do we go? When in reality, God gives us the picture here that through Peter's vision right here is we ought to live every day asking God, what do you want me to do today? Jesus taught it when he was with his disciples. He said, have, have no thought for tomorrow. Don't concern yourself about tomorrow Don't worry about that Because today is all you've got So what if I told you as a congregation today That your last breathing hours would be over At midnight tonight Everybody in this room You would no longer draw a breath after midnight tonight How would you live the rest of this day? Amen I'm sure you'd go call your family You'd tell them you love them Right? You'd act a whole lot different than what we normally act Amen? If we lived every day with that kind of focus, with that kind of intentionality, how much difference could we make on this earth in a humanitarian effort to say with God things in society can be fixed if we would all act the way Jesus wants us to act, if we would all do what he's called us to do. Amen? I thank God for Mackenzie that she comes up and comes up here. She's down there teaching the kids now. She came up here, took this microphone, and and just talked like a professional. It's like, man, I'm getting ready to turn the service over. Just go ahead, Kenzie, let let them have it. You know what I'm saying? It's awesome to get to see people step out in their calling. And this is a year where at Bethesda, I believe that you can get involved if you want to. Second thing, what if you were wrong? (laughs) Has anybody ever asked God, God, if I'm wrong, show me? Usually we don't. (laughs) Normally we think we're right, and we think God thinks like us. Amen I'll read philosophy books I'll read into this And read articles about that And then I'll think I'll get this Draw this conclusion myself And then I'll be like Yeah but God thinks this way Because I do So my little finite mind Is what God goes by No way No way We need to start praying Like Peter did If I'm wrong God Show me Amen If I'm wrong Lead me in the direction You want me to go God Show me how I think a certain people group is unclean. Because Peter, he hated the centurion. Most likely because this centurion that was there was uh, uh, over a hundred people. And the most likely, most historians will tell you, that's how many guards were probably there about in Jerusalem through Caesarea. So this centurion was most likely standing at the foot of the cross when Jesus was crucified. So would that be a guy you would like? go talk to the people in our society that we cast off as being no I I can't go there kind of like the missionary spoke to us last year and told us you know the ones that you go to and they'll say about things they did about doing this and doing that and it's like no I can't go to those kind of people but God's saying I'm calling you to go everybody is welcome at Bethesda Amen. amen from the homeless to the down and out to the most affluent, amen, to the most affluent, even doctors, lawyers, they're all welcome here, and we're all going to be a big melting pot because it's symbolic of what heaven's going to be like, amen. amen. I want our church to be symbolic of what heaven's be like. Leslie done the ACMR last week, and it showed and it proved my thought I've been thinking for the past month is how that we as a church, we're pretty diverse. We've got 80-year-olds. We've got 70-year-olds. We've got 60-year-olds that come to Bethesda. A lot of 50-year-olds, 40-year-olds, there's 30-year-olds, there's 20 people in their 20s, there's people in their teens, and there's little kids. Every spectrum across the age limit, there's no barriers. I thank God for that, don't you? That we're a diverse congregation, that we're not just sitting here doing what we want to do. So is God allowed to tell you that you're wrong? You need to make a decision today. For this upcoming year, if you want change in your life, if you want direction, you've got to allow God to tell you you're wrong. Maybe you're doing the wrong things. Maybe you're acting the wrong way. Maybe you're reading the wrong things. There's lots of things that could be wrong with how we act or what we do. Allow God to tell you, put it down. I love it. My aunt, she's always been a person that prays and she was going to a group a few years ago and, and, and the Holy Spirit I believe in the, in the spirit empowerment of the saints and I believe that God's Holy Spirit still speaks to our hearts and my aunt was praying and, and God told her, don't go to that kind of stuff anymore and she quit. I thank God for that kind of conviction that when the Holy Spirit tells us we're in the wrong that you just stop instantaneously. We need that kind of fortitude about us that we say when God tells me I'm wrong, I know I'm wrong. Amen? And as a church, I want to be that way as a whole church. But the last thing that I, I want to speak about just for a second on this is that, that Peter, when he went over there to Cornelius' house and they shut that door behind him, and you've seen on the video how he lo- turned around and looked, and I kind of see that picture to be a reality of how I picture in my brain the way Acts chapter 10 would roll out. That as he would go into this place, this unsecure place, or this secured place of where the Roman uh, they had the, 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 the power, the authority... To lock people in or shut people out. And I can imagine Peter's fear is when that door shut behind him. Kind of pictures for me with my mom. Don't ever shut a door on mom. She won't lock a portage on door. You gotta go stand in front of it, and make sure no one else goes in it because she won't lock the door. She's claustrophobic. <laughs> it's kind of the way Peter looked, what? It's like a fret, it's like worry. Oh no, what? Huh? but I can imagine why because there's a centurion that killed, more than likely was involved in the death of Jesus has invited you and brought you into his house it's in Caesarea it's 30 miles away from Joppa that's a long trip anybody in here want to walk for 30 miles today good luck with that Because a few years ago, whenever we planted this church and I told everybody the whole time we was doing all the work on this church, I said, I will not take that no trespassing sign off the door until I walk from Vanceburg to here carrying a cross. That was my promise to Bethesda. Until I carry a cross from Vanceburg to here 15 miles, I won't take that off the door. So the whole renovation, when we painted, when we done everything here, we left the no trespassing sign on the door. That morning I got up, got me a cross, put some training wheels on it to make it a little bit easier. (laughs) And I went down to Vanceburg, and I got down there, and I was thinking, you know, this ain't going to be bad. I'm in halfway okay shape. Put that cross over my shoulder and took off walking. Got down to the Dubway, about halfway up that first hill, Ernie. I started feeling it. Amen. (laughs) Amen. just 15 miles, and it took me all day long, and people come along, Sister Betty come along, and and she had a broke shoulder at the time, and she put it on the other other one, and she took off, Debo was there, I got pictures of Debo helping me drag that cross, and we can do more together than we can individually, Amen. amen, so God showed me through that walk that I couldn't carry the load all by myself, that Bethesda as a church has to be more than just one, Amen. It can't just be the pastor carrying the burden. It's got to be everybody in this congregation. So when you call or whenever you hear about somebody being sick or when the little baby's up here in in Firebreak that's been diagnosed with this disease, it isn't just up to their church to be praying. It's for our whole church of Lewis County to be praying together, binding together, saying with God, healing is available. Amen. I'm going to pray for that little child's healing. Peter up there scared standing when the door shut because government was in front of him. Let me tell you something about government. It'll stop you. We know it very well because on April 15th every year fear hits the nation. Amen. Especially for Amy. She's thinking about Earl right now. She's already been to... I've witnessed Amy and Earl go through this every year. They're self-employed. So if you're self-employed, you've got to have some hold back power where you don't spend all your money because taxes time is coming sometimes you can file for extension amen try to get it off for six months so you can gather up enough money to pay them government is a fearful thing amen how many is afraid of taxes how many loves taxes how many knows what the bible says about taxes Romans chapter 13. If you want to go to somewhere, go to Romans chapter 13. It'll tell you all about taxes. It'll say that you're to give your taxes to the government. But here Peter's standing in front of the government official, probably afraid. But he looks and the government official says, I don't know why, or, or you don't know why you're here, but the reason you're here is because an angel told me to send and get you. How many knows that's a relief? Yeah. Amen. How many would like there even to be peace with your enemies? Amen. Where the God would come in, and even your pe- your enemies would be at peace with you, amen. That would be a new day, wouldn't it? So Peter's standing there, and when when uh, Cornelius tells him that he's, like, uh, he's sitting there, Peter's like, "Yes." You know, God has sent an angel to talk to him so that I could come here. And as Peter begins to preach the sermon about Jesus and who he was and and the resurrection and how that he came to set people free, that he's a a liberator of captives. Cornelius was sitting there thinking, I've prayed, I've given alms, I've done all this other stuff, but I've still not been saved. There's a whole different thing from praying and giving alms and being saved. So Cornelius sits there, and he says, and he kneels down before him. It says even in Scripture that he kneels down before him. And Peter says, stand up. I can't save you. Jesus can How awesome is that if we would get through our thick skulls right now? I can't save anybody. I can't fix anybody, but I know the fixer of people, amen? I know the fixer that can fix problems. I don't know if people's going through sickness of health, of issues, of anxiety, of fear, of whatever you're dealing with today. I know the person that can fix you, and his name is Jesus, amen? And if we would trust in that in 2018, we will see him set the uh, captives free, amen, just as he did Cornelius, the government. But it says in Romans chapter 13, one of the later verses of that, Romans chapter 13, it says that it's high time that we awaken out of our slumber. That the time of his appearing is much closer now than when we first began. Jesus is closer to coming back than he was last year. Now I'm not saying that as a scare tactic, that's a reality. Because he said, if I go away, I'll come again and receive you to myself. He said that in John chapter 10, 14. I promise if I go away, I'll come back. Jesus is coming back, folks. And I'm ready for our culture and our society. I don't want anybody to get left behind in the rapture. Even my worst enemy, I don't want them left behind in the rapture. I want them to go with Jesus. And I want us to go to heaven together, don't you? Bless if you'll come. You too, Dusty. Don and Greg, you can come too. I looked up about this region called Caesarea. It's a port on the uh, Mediterranean Sea there in Israel and started to study about the history of Caesarea. King Herod really brought it to the forefront before Jesus' time ever came. And he built all this stuff because he was trying to appease... The government of Rome. So its its name really is after Caesar. That's why it's Caesarea. It's got Caesar in it. It's trying to appease Caesar for their nation. And I thought about what if that's us. What if we worry more about pleasing our government than we do our God? Reja vu, Everybody say it. I don't want to live with deja vu always thinking that I was something about my past. I want to live with Reja vu, always looking towards my future, and mostly just day by day. So what Reja vu is really going to teach us as a church that we're going to live better day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. We never know what tomorrow holds. Don't worry about it. But as I looked up this Caesarea, there's a family that bought it several hundred years ago. They're called the Rothschilds. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but it's the richest people on the planet. Really, the richest family. And they bought this region of Caesarea in. It was prior to even ever being a nation of Israel, but they're Jewish people and they bought it. But when the Jewish nation become a nation in the 1940s. The Rothschild family gave this property into a trust and they put it into a trust so that all the money that is uh, acquired or the profit that comes off the property is given back to the nation of Israel for the benefit of others. It funds the school system in Israel. It funds the welfare system in Israel. How amazing is that that billionaires are giving away money to help others? 2018 it says it's going to be a year where humanitarian effort is going to be the focus I believe that there's going to be legislation I believe there's going to I believe God can change the minds of men and women across this country to make us think different. amen, amen. how we would like to see this be a year where that others are thought about more than ourselves even in our government that they'll put political persuasions aside it said in this meeting that I originally brought up about number 18 politics won't matter how we'd like to have that kind of year amen. politics don't matter Amen. This would be an awesome year, wouldn't it? What if Rajavu is the answer for us to walk through that and say, you know what, I'm not worried about the next election in 18 or the 1 in 20. I'm not worried about any of that stuff. You know why? Because I'm living for God today. Amen. Amen. I'm going to do what he's called me to do today. And as I walk this journey and talk and do what Jesus tells me to do, I'm going to have a whole lot better life than what I would if I worry about everything. Amen. Amen. Won't you stand with me if you will? A lot of people make resolutions during the first of the year, and a lot of people make a resolution about following God, it's just going to be a year, I I want to start following God closer or better. If you made that resolution, this is a good opportunity at this point today to, uh, if you've never prayed the prayer of salvation before, you can absolutely do that. Because salvation is the forefront of all we do. It's the whole point in having a church. Sure, we build up the saints, but salvation is the key component to all of it because we all got to be saved. Amen. So if you've never prayed a prayer of salvation, all you gotta simply do is say, Jesus, here I am. Fix me. I'm broken. I need your help. I need your forgiveness. I'm a sinner you'll pray that very simple prayer, it will absolutely transform your life. Pretty awesome because last year my brother came up to my driveway and he'd been going through a hard time in his life and he pulled up at the end of the driveway and come in the house and he don't ever come to my house and he pulled in and got out and come in the house and he sat down on the couch and he sat there and the tears started hitting the floor and my brother started crying, he don't cry much, I'm a crybaby. he's not. As he was sitting there crying, he he said, Ben, you just, you got to help me pray because I don't know how to pray. i got to have God to fix me because I'm broke and I'm tired. word was I'm tired. And I helped him pray and I told him I had to call mom. He called mom and I had no idea what would lead for my brother's salvation, but this year we've, as a church, have had a few guests start coming and people start attending and... Ryan and Elizabeth started coming because Ryan told Elizabeth he wasn't going to church anywhere else but that church that Howie goes to so Ryan came all year long and two or three weeks ago he he prayed that sinner's prayer and gave his heart to Jesus and he called his grandmother and It's just an awesome thing to know that God still saves amen that he liberates those that are in bondage and I never knew by my brother getting saved that other people was gonna get saved. So we as a church now, and we just did it New Year's that uh, Elizabeth and Emma had to baptize Val. Congratulations, Val, on getting baptized on the New Year's. It's pretty awesome. Ryan said, "I don't want to get baptized in a tub. I want to get baptized in a creek." So now it's gonna be awesome because my brother, that a year and a half ago was not saved, is gonna to get to go down to the creek, and I'm gonna put him in the creek with this little boy he's known all of his life named Ryan and he's going to be the one that helps baptize Ryan. Amen. Because God is good and God saves. He still fixes broken people. Won't you just bow your head and close your eyes? If you need to pray the prayer of salvation, I encourage you to do that right now. You can do that on your own. Maybe you're standing there and you're a super saint and you've been saved 30 plus years and you're thinking, I need to pray too. I want you to just pray and ask the Holy Spirit what he's saying to you. Ask what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. How does he want vu to be in your life? So as Leslie plays this song and, and the band, thank you guys for playing. I want you guys to just listen to the voice of God because I believe that there's some people in this room, some people need a hug. Some people are broken and they just need a hug, a hug will help them in a lot of ways. There's other people in this room that you might, God's voice will speak to you and tell you to go over talk to so and so and just go over and give them an encouraging word. So just listen to the voice of God as they sing and I want you to move. Don't wait on anybody else. Just do what God's called you to do. Don't worry about what he's telling anybody else. What is he telling you? So if he speaks to you, go speak to somebody or give a hug to somebody. Or just go be a friend. Go do it. As they play this song, Rejavu. It's our anthem for the year. me out by name. just as I was in all of my shame love me for me with nothing to gain you have called me to grace